Hi, my name is Sean Keyes and you're listening to You, Me and BPD. In this week's episode, I'm chatting to a young girl who, um, at the nearly age, started forming um, an eating disorder. And, you know, she went through the system there, having an eating disorder and went through and then was given advice on, you know, what to do and what not to do. But in her own words, she didn't listen to the advice and kind of went down her own path. She still suffers with panic attacks. Uh, she has panic attacks now and still suffers with them and doesn't want to be named. And that's one of the things about um, people with BPD is it's very much stigmatized and she doesn't want to be named. So um, like that, I'm not going to, my podcasts are not about naming people just to get a good pod, po- podcast. They're about basically passing on information. And I found this podcast myself extremely beneficial because I have young children and she was explaining basically how, you know, how she formed an eating habit, how basically that it, it developed and it went into an eating disorder, basically because she was a hypersensitive child. And this is what I love about chatting to people is that you can actually get information that could absolutely help. This this podcast has absolutely helped me, and I have to say that with all honesty. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to introduce her and uh, start the podcast. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good now, yeah. Yeah. I was worried initially because I thought there'd be too uh, too much of a language barrier. <laughs> okay, right. No, no. Too many sure. accents going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. We're we're between the Irish and the English and Scottish and Welsh we have a, a we have a very a variety of lang of uh, accents, don't we, in fairness? Yeah. You know. But uh, so you are you're a power lifter, are you? I am, yeah. <laughs> right, right. How did you get into yeah. that? Um, well, it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, oh, right. When, sorry, how much time do you have? <laughs> I, I have as much time as you have. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Um, well, when I got uh, diagnosed with my eating disorder, Wait, I what? went through all the treatment and everything. You got diagnosed um, with an, an eating disorder, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, back um when I was 14. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I had a... Um, I got diagnosed with anorexia when I was 14 and went through a lot of treatment. Uh, I was sectioned, went through the whole inpatient thing. Mm. And it was kind of one of... When I started, like, coming out of treatment, it was one of the appointments. One of the psychiatrists went... Because I, I... Admittedly, I was proper addicted to exercise when I was younger and I was always out like running and stuff I'll get up at I don't know 2am go out for a run around the block and stuff okay. and uh, I would just go and play football like for about eight hours a day um, and then obviously I'd done too much running too much football all that and it started taking a toll on my joints and my feet and everything and one of the psychiatrists was like well you do realize you'll never be able to play football again and you'll most definitely never be able to lift weights. And that kind of, it was just like, a, oh, I'll fucking just do exactly what you told me not to do. Um, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I was just Googling, like, gyms around near my house. And I found a powerlifting gym. And at that time, it was like a weird, a weird big, uh, like, all the stars kind of aligned moment. Because... Mm. When I was like in the midst of my eating disorder, 
Uh, I'd went for a DEXA scan. Are you familiar with those? You went for a what? A DEXA scan. No, no. Oh, it's basically, I don't, I'll probably butcher it, but it's basically a scan, it's a big x-ray kind of thing, and it measures your bone mineral density. Right. It measures how strong your bones are, and if you're at risk of osteoporosis and everything. And since I'd done quite a bit of damage to my body, I'd basic, I was told I had the um, bone density of a six-year-old woman. Um, so I kind of needed to turn that around because I wasn't having my periods or anything. So they said there was basically nothing I could do at that moment or basically anything. So I took it in my stubborn little head. I was going, oh, what can I do to kind of help strengthen my bones? And I kind of stumbled across powerlifting, and yeah, it's been been a journey. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal, isn't it? In fairness, like yeah, the fact that you actually defied them, you know, yeah. you, you, you went against <laughs> medical advice. And um, have you had any ill effects of the fact that you went again against medical advice? Uh, no, not really. I went for a DEXA scan uh, about three years ago, and my first DEXA scan, I think my it was like really worrying. My spine was at the front. It's rated out of 100%, I believe. And I think my, it was either my spine or the left bit of my neck was at like 47%, okay. uh, which really isn't very good. Yeah. And then I went for one like three years ago or something. It was up to 98%. And they were like, how the fuck have you done that? And I was like, um, powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really good. So you've actually improved so, yeah. your health by powerlifting? Yeah, and I've got, sorry if it's a bit too much information, but I've I've started working with a nutritionist and I hadn't had like a period in nine years or something. And then just this past, well, this past lockdown, I've had three and I was like told that wouldn't happen. I was like, oh, awesome. Right, so you changed your nutrition so on, you, your actual... Um your your cycling improved. Yeah, actually got one. Oldest person I've had to get a period. <laughs> Twenty two years old. The things we get excited about. <laughs> I know. But it, but it just it just goes to show too. Like I'm always banging on about nutrition. And, yeah, uh, yeah. As as look, I know you listen to the podcast because you contacted me. But I'm always con. I'm always banging on about nutrition and. It just does what it says. It does. There's nothing magical at all about it. Like, it, it aligns with the body, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with it. So, um, what's your standard, we'll say, nutritional meals per week, like, with your powerlifting? Um, I don't know. My, uh, my, my coach does all that out. But oh, we'll got, say just I on your plate. Have- Oh, sorry. Um, yes, all whole food. Um, all raw food. All, all like whole food. Oh, whole so food. Sorry, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't say you have to, but I just I feel better. I feel like I perform better if I eat whole food. Yeah. And after talking to you, I've also implemented um, a lot more fiber. Started supplementing with inulin, which I feel has made a big difference oh, did you, so you st- thank you very much I really oh, appreciate right. it you started inulin have you oh yes I have and did you notice any improvements on that 
I did notice the improvements, and I also noticed a lot more bowel movements. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot more. Um, and like I, I personally went to the doctor there um, last year um, when I increased yeah. my fibre. And, um, mm-hmm. well, a couple of years ago, I figured out fibre was the key for my mental health, for my BPD. And yeah. then when I started increasing my fibre, um, yeah, I started getting an awful lot more bowel movements. And I went to the doctor and I said it to him. And he goes, no, yeah. no, he says, look, we'd be more concerned if it didn't come out. He says, you ah. know, one meal in, one meal out. That's what he said to me. Um, so he he wasn't one bit concerned with the amount of movement that I would make. And like, seems seen, seen as we're shy talking. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I've never said this. I probably, I would, I would... Probably four, four, definitely four times a day I would go. That's minimum. Really? Yeah, like... That's impressive. Ah, some amount of shite. I, I like shite talking <laughs> and I like shiting. Um, <laughs> some amount of shite. Yeah, like, um, I would, yeah, to be honest with you, I would. I'd go four times a day and that's why I went to the doctor because I was concerned because I was reading up on it, you know, your bowel movements and like one a day is good and... Two a day is okay, yeah, yeah. but anything after two a day, and they're concerned. And yeah. I got concerned when I was reading up that people were concerned, going, well, you shouldn't have any more than two. <laughs> so I went to the doctor, yeah. and I got tested, and I gave him a sample, and um, everything came back fine. And oh, good. I was saying, like, but, like, I shouldn't, you know, you know, I, I am reading up, and doctors don't like when you're coming in with, you know, it's like, they don't like when you're coming in with information. They're the doctor. It's like someone coming in and, and saying to me, well, I'd prefer if you sprayed my car this way. Uh, and I yeah, go, yeah, do you, do, you, yeah, do you spray cars? No. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so when I was saying it to them, like, you know, should you be going that amount? And he said, look, to be quite honest with you, you're more regular, I'll give you that. But <laughs> that's just you. He says, like, yeah. that's just you he says look we've done the test we've sent it away it's come back perfect you're not there's nothing there he said that's just you you burn more fuel than the average person so you require more fuel and he said that to me he goes some people actually burn more fuel you just burn an awful lot of calories like i'm i'm at my maximum weight now um Mm -hmm. uh that i can be we'll say you know i'm 14 stone um, fourteen stone, yeah, yeah. Uh, fourteen stone, fourteen stone, one pound. I checked the, the scales this morning, so I'm at the maximum <laughs> weight I can be. We'll say before I start becoming overweight. Um, yeah, but I I eat a ton of food. Like the amount of food I eat is ridiculous. I should be <laughs> twenty stone. Do you know the type of way? Yeah, but because my mind never stops. I'm burning the fuel and, and it coincides with what he was telling me is that if you're eating that amount, you're going to be going that amount, you know? Yeah. So. No, that completely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, um, that's enough shy talking for the moment. Um, <laughs> so, so did, did you, 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 how long are you on the inulin? I've only been on for, uh, since the day I spoke, the day that you sent me that list. Okay, I ordered okay. it on next day delivery, so since then. <laughs> right, right. I've, maybe a, yeah, just over a week or so. Okay, okay. 
I find the inulin fantastic. I have it as a coffee every morning. Like my coffee, my first, not meal, but my coffee every morning is coffee, inulin. And I find it unreal. Like, yeah, even for my mood, I find it brilliant. You know, that type of way. Have you, has your mood improved? I would say it has, yeah. Like the um, the other week, it was just diabolical. I just, mm. I just don't know what was going on. Right. But yeah, since I have started like adding the fiber, I don't, I don't know if it is placebo or even if it is, it's working. So I was. Thank you very yeah, much. I really appreciate I, it. No, I was thinking the same. Is it a, is it a placebo? Is it not? And you know, when it comes to men- when it comes to mental health. I couldn't give a shit if there was a fairy fucking dancing on my shoulder and I felt great. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go around telling yeah. people there's a fairy dancing on my shoulder. If I feel great and yeah. that little fucker is dancing on my shoulder, yeah, I'm going to keep it quiet. <laughs> but I don't care if I feel great. Once I I feel great, I don't care. You know that type of way? Um, yeah. Well, obviously, so long as, so long as I'm not harming <laughs> other people. Um, <clears throat> but I definitely, for myself... I found the fibres unreal and I know we'll say anyone that has tried the fibres, we'll say the inulin, the ashwangada, the potato flour, you know, the arrowroot, all the the ones, like the list I gave you. Yeah. I noticed that when you implement them all together, I have them actually, because you're doing weightlifting, so I have them in, a, I get them all and I kind of, I portion them out into a, uh, protein, sh- you know the protein shakes you can buy. In in one yeah, of them, yeah. in one of the tubs, I put all my fibers into one tub. So then I'm just scooping out a scoop of fiber every day into oh, my smoothie. That's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's just for me. It's a handy way of getting all the fibers into you know just one scoop. So I'm not kind of messing with all the different bags. But I found that yeah, really definitely. helpful um, in my smoothies. You know, very good idea. Yeah, I heard about your kombucha disaster smoothie, though. I don't know how willing I am to try that. <laughs> oh, the kombucha yeah, was fucking rotten. Uh, I'm even, I'm even <laughs> holding my, I'm holding myself here. Do you know the way? Yeah. Um, I tried that the other day. I said, I wonder, right? Because I'm over, not overweight. I am overweight. Look, I have a big fuck. Well, you can't see, but I have a big, I have a belly on me now, right? Um, couldn't give a shit because I'm still happy. You know the type where it's all about the head for me. Um, yeah, exactly. But I was there the other day and I went, right, if you wanted to lose weight, mm-hmm. could you try a fibre smoothie? And this is where my head goes, you know, the type of work. Because, like, I now know with myself, so long as I'm feeding my gut, I'm, well, so long as I'm feeding them, feeding the little fuckers, as I do say, and they're, <laughs> they're kind of eating their fibres I don't think they care too much about the rest, if that makes sense. Cause yeah. I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was, I drank it and it was absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> there's no point in saying it was, it was rotten. It was rotten. <laughs> but my wife was saying, you know, what's it like? And I said, I don't know, but I'm just going to see, because I'm so sensitive um, to sudden changes and all that sort of stuff because I'm hypersensitive. Yeah. I said, I'll see what it's like in, a, in about an hour or two. And there it was, in two hours, my mood improved. Um, again, wow. was it a placebo? I don't, I don't care. My mood improved. Um, yeah. I tried it again uh, yesterday, 
and my mood improved again. Is it a placebo again? Couldn't care. Um, you know, if it's a placebo, I don't care. Once I'm happy, I don't care. Um, so yeah, I'm going to mess with that for a couple of weeks and see what it does. No, I'm fucking definitely not. It's going to be a banana or something in it. I'm adding something because <laughs> I, I'm not that much of a fucking beer grills, if I'm being honest. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely look with the fiber. Um, and that's why I was saying to you, if you can try and get up to 20 fibers a day, but you, you know, you, you watch your nutrition, lifting weights. Um, if you can get up to about 20 fibers a day, in my experience, and with everyone I've done it with now, um, your mood just improves really dramatically, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you have... No, I'll, I'll... Go on. Sorry, sorry. Oh, you're grand, you're grand. Um, you, you, uh, you have panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good old panic attacks. Good old panic attacks. So, like, would you be able to tell us how that came about, or what way, or how do you think it came about? Um, I think this started from when I was diagnosed with my disorder when I was younger. Mm. Uh, and it was weird though because I've. I went for years without having them and then they've just started coming in like full force. I just get an influx of them and it's been the past few weeks really. I nice. haven't really been able to get to sleep without having one or I would just have them at work and then people try and talk to us and I'm like, oh shit, and I can't really speak or anything. Okay, okay. Uh, so I don't really know what's going on there. And... Um, has anything changed in the last couple of weeks? We'll say, you know, sleeping schedules or time like that, or has anything changed that you noticed in the last couple of weeks? I don't believe so. Like, I'm a proper creature of habit. Yeah. And that is usually when things, when it sets them off, is when my structure changes. Yeah. But, I think I've had the same structure since I was like uh, 18 years old. Like nothing's really changed in my day-to-day routine. I don't know if somehow the lockdown has exacerbated it or I don't know. I've got no idea. How old are you now? I'm 22. So you're four years doing the same habit. Yeah. Same routine. Yeah. Right, right. See, there's, I know. There's such, yeah, it's, it's kind of, but then again, look, the way I look at the body is this. The body is always trying to tell you something. That's how I look at the body. And when yeah. you listen to it, when you actually, instead of getting afraid of it and actually listen to your body, there's a message in there. And generally panic attacks, in my experience, are from anxiety. And like, you know, I know you're the one who asked me to do the, the podcast, but... There's a message, I listen to my body all the time now, and I especially listen to my bacteria in my gut, because them little fuckers are way older than I am, and they've been around (laughs) for way longer than my 43 Uh, years, you know. That's a good way to think of it. Well, I mean, yeah, I got them from my mother, and she got them from her mother, so as as far as species goes, there's only me. Uh, I'll age and die where them little fuckers they've been kind of been passed down from generation to generation they've seen a lot of shit 
Um, yeah. You know, through their host. Um, so they've, they've been through a lot of time. And as far as I'm concerned, that's probably why we're afraid of spiders. You know, um, yeah. they're, they're afraid of stuff. You know, and did you ever notice that with some people, they're afraid of certain things and others are not? And I always think, uh, I bet you were fucking, maybe, you know, something bad happened with that spider years ago. Because I'm not afraid of spiders. But <laughs> I, have a, I have a daughter who's terrified of them. But yeah, I do. I listen to them. I listen to my gut bacteria. And they're always trying to look out for you so you don't die. <laughs> yeah, but some little thing. Yeah. So I, I would imagine there's something happening and they're not happy with it and they're sending you into a state of anxiety and elevating it into a state of panic. Yeah. You're, you're right. I just, I just don't know what it is. It's, a, it's one to ponder on. It's one to ponder on. You know. It is one to ponder on. <laughs> so, like, realistically then, nothing has changed that you're aware of. Yeah. Um. So your sleeping has been the same. Your exercise has been the same. Um, yeah. Nothing then. Nothing external has happened in your life. Um. No, I don't think no new traumas. Are you are you the type of person? No, we'll say. Are you the type of person to put things in the back of your mind, or do you dwell on them? Oh, I definitely dwell on them. So then, um, yeah, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I'm like, a, I don't know. I, I, do, I do let things fester constantly. Right, right. So then if you do dwell on things, it's not something that has happened because some people put stuff at the back of their mind and yeah. they don't want to deal with it. So you're somewhat like myself in a sense going, I look at it and analyse it and then I'll analyse it again and then just one more time just to make sure. Um, so like if nothing has happened... 21, 22. I mean, I've got um, yeah, I've got an appointment with the doctors next week. I mean, it's the doctors next week. Sorry, hmm. um, just to talk over, um, you know, hopefully start DBT and everything. So have you? Uh, so have, I'm going to see how that goes. Have you? Have you? Um, have you got borderline personality disorder? I. It was mentioned a lot of times when I was younger. Yes. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um. That's how I stumbled upon your podcast. Because uh, really, I'm not. I'm not a great talker when it's when it's like face to face or anything. You really. And when I was young, I was told I would have to go to DBT and CBT. Okay. But I would just basically play please the consultant and then kind of get out of get out of the room. Uh, <laughs> which isn't. I'm not proud of. But you know, you do what you do when you're younger. Ah, yeah, uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like everything catching up with, to us now, you know. Well, you see, yeah, like, that, yeah. If if so, if you've BPD, let's like you weren't diagnosed, but they were they were throwing it around a lot when you were younger. Um, yeah, there was, and like there was a, it's a weird one because we stepdad's brother is a psychiatrist, and he kind of informally diagnosed us. Okay, but. My mum was kind of like brushing it off, but then every appointment that I went to afterwards they were like, "Have you um been diagnosed with CBD?" And I was like, "Um, not officially." And they were like, mm, "We might mm. want to get that checked out." Um, 
So that's kind of what my appointment is next week at the hospital. Just to see to kind of go through that. And, yeah, a formal diagnosis. Uh. Yeah. Right, so then you'll have to yeah, and then you have to start a journey. But you, I'm sure at this stage, if your your um, stepfather's br- brother is it, your stepfather's brother is a psychiatrist, that you yeah. kind of know the nuts and bolts of of BPD. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like at this stage in my life, I look when I was diagnosed, it was a it was a nightmare. Um, yeah, I did. I I would have done anything not to be not to have the diagnosis because it was so severe. But I mean, yeah. Now I couldn't care less if I'm quite honest. Um, yeah, I couldn't give a shit if someone said you're BPD. That's one thing they all say. Oh, you're BPD for life because you were diagnosed. I couldn't give a shit if you were calling yeah. me a fucking head ball for life or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Like so long again, it's down to my happiness. If I'm happy and someone's going. Well, you're BPD, and that's it. I say you can call me whatever you want. I really couldn't give a shit. Um, yeah. Whatever, whatever makes you happy. But are you worried then? Are you concerned if you do get the diagnosis? Will it hit you? Well, I suppose you can't really tell, can you? No. To be fair, I think it would be good because then I would, uh, I would have like, I would know where to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of something I've always like not addressed really mm. um yeah i think i think it'll be good if i actually do just i mean obviously yeah i think yeah i think i think it'll be different yeah. then i would actually learn how to talk properly to people and express my feelings and not break down when people ask us what what's wrong at work and stuff Okay, and actually so, yeah, be able to okay. probably. Sorry. No, no, you're grand. Um, right, so you you. Just I was going to say. In... No, go on. I'm interrupting you. Sorry, I was going to say, and probably hold on to it, like a few decent relationships, as right. I always have. Just like let them go and stuff. I just didn't want to be a burden on people. Really. That's one of the most fundamental things, isn't it? We all go, like, I don't know if you've noticed this. It's it's and now. You go in your head, oh, they're after moving their eyebrow a little bit different than I normally see them using their eyebrow. They must not oh, like yeah. they must not like me anymore. Um <laughs> yeah. probably best if I stay away from them. And then you stay away 100%. from them and they go, What's wrong with you? I haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, it's okay. You know, uh I know you don't really want to be around me anyway. And they're like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Oh, forget yeah. about it. It's okay. Yeah. And next thing, the relationship is gone. And you're like, yeah, I knew they didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, that is my brain to say. <laughs> I, you know what? Just saying that, I don't know if that might be a factor. With Since it's been dead recently when, all, when everything started flaring up, with lockdown coming to an end, it could be that because I'm like, oh, my brain's gone. Oh, def- I'm going to go meet people right now. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be really good. I'm going to see all my mates. And then it's like, I can't. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to, I can't. Like, I'm, I really want to go and see everyone. But then my brain just like, it's terrified. It just, it's going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck everything up. They've had, they've obviously have, obviously haven't spoken to them since lockdown. So they don't want to speak to us now. 
I think you're hitting the nail on the head with your panic attacks. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <I> you. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. It must be that. Like. Are, you, are you socially anxious? Oh, I am. I'm like a little whippet, like constantly just shaking. I'm like, oh, no. Right, okay. I think I think I think you're after hitting your own I think you're after sorting your own problem out. Um Yeah, I mean if you're socially anxious and, and, and I just I just read there this morning that like you are coming out of a lockdown. I mean Yeah. I I was only saying this to my wife yesterday. I've mm-hmm. I've like no issues with the lockdown. The only issue I have with the lockdown is you know, I'm up here in the, we'll say, fucking podcast room, it's called now, it was called the games room. But, um, yeah, you can't have someone up chatting to you. But the majority of people that I'm talking to do not live in my town. So, I mean, this yeah. is the way it's going to be anyway. I'm never, like, yeah. 99% of the people that I will talk to is through what we're doing now. Um. So I'm That's still crazy. not really losing out in a sense of, you know, majority of the people that I have a guest on the podcast are going to be from outside of my town. Yeah. So the lockdown for me has had no impact whatsoever. Like on me, it has had none because I'm extremely introverted. I love staying inside. Yeah. I don't get cabin fever. Um. <laughs> I go outside, like, I hate this time of the year because I have to, I go outside. I I respect that you have to go outside. And I respect that when you go outside and the sun hits your skin and it activates 500 cells. I I respect the science and and it's true. But I fucking hate it. And (laughs) I'm going outside, like, I would have the same equal stress going outside as my wife would have staying inside. Yeah. So I get cabin fever outside. Um, so the lockdown <laughs> for me is, it's, it's, uh, it has had no effect whatsoever, if I'm being honest. So maybe with yourself, if you're socially anxious, now that this is coming, you see, and this is what I'm on about, if you listen to your the little fuckers down below, the fact is, when you're isolating, you're, now, when I'm isolating myself, I can go outside now and talk to people, so I'm not socially awkward. But if, you, if you're socially awkward or anxious, you're going to have to perform now. And that, yeah. that's going to be bringing on your fucking anxiety, which is probably what's leading to your panic attacks. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm only, look, this is what I love about this, is that this is the nuts and bolts about all of this, is, is this, is yeah. <clears throat> two people talking, having a chat, and there's nothing about it. You know, this is what I love about yeah. um, the whole aspect of what I do, because to me, this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing where two people can actually chat and figure, yeah, definitely. figure life out, just figure it out, just have a chat with each other and try and figure out something and hopefully go away with more information. Like, and, and some people say to me, what do you get from it? I get a fucking huge amount. I get a huge amount. Like, 
I'm chatting to you and I love chatting to you and I love chatting to someone else and I absolutely love chatting to people. But what do I get from it? I'm getting from I'm getting from you that you're at 14 years of age you had an eating disorder which led you to become hospitalized which led you then to uh, go on thankfully defy the medical system and learn how to do weights. And at 22 years of age you're having panic attacks maybe over the fact that you're going to have to socialize again. I've children. <laughs> I can take your fucking information and go you need to watch that one. <laughs> so Yeah. So like, and it's not that I'm doing it solely for my children. Um No, no, I completely understand. Yeah, if it can help anybody then that's awesome. Like But that's the point. It. That's it. That's the point is when people actually can talk and they're not embarrassed about talking and they can just open up. Yeah. The amount of help it does is unreal. You oh, definitely. <clears throat> definitely. Like you, hey, your podcast helped me loads. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, right. Oh, thanks very much. Um, I do. I, I Look, my podcast, it, it's number one to help my kids. Being honest, right? I'm not going to pretend I'm a yeah. fucking saint, right? Um, my podcast, <laughs> you know, and that's why I I don't promote it and I don't advertise it as much and all that. It's it's solely for my children, right? That's the truth. That's yeah. the truth. In years to come, when they're adults, and you know, if I'm fucking gone, and I'm, you know, I'm on about years, maybe thirty years, twenty yeah. years, whatever. Um, yeah, the podcast is that they can go back and go, what did the bollocks say? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say about frustration? He might have fucking said something. And hopefully it'll help them in their life. And 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 a very yeah. close second, if I'm being honest. A very well, I'd say neck and neck. If I'm being honest, neck and neck. Um Yeah, it's for people as well, is that like some me and you to kind of bounce off each other, to help each other and and then there's nothing about it in a sense of it's just two people having a chat and getting on with their life. You know? Yeah. 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 So how many uh, podcasts do you do per week now? I'm you know something uh, that's a good question. I don't do any podcasts <laughs> per week. This is one of the most fundamental this is a question I get from people is uh when is your podcast out? I don't know. Oh yeah, I was, I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I don't know when my podcast is out because I I've tried, right? I could come mm -hmm. up here and I could do four podcasts one after the other. And, you know, yeah. I've, I've been told, well, just save them and then just put one out a week. Um, I have borderline personality disorder. I Very like to, impulsive. <laughs> I like to do things on impulse. I think there's nothing yeah. wrong with being impulsive. So No, not at all. I'm going to use my illness for its advantage. So when yeah. I do a podcast, it's out straight away. Um, yeah. Is there, there, there'll always be one a week. I just don't know when because yeah, yeah. I've even, I've even said to, you know, I could say to my wife, I'm going up to do a podcast now. And she go, all right, what's it about? Um, I'm getting a feeling about this or either that or the other. And then I come up and I'd set up the gear and I'd sit down and then I'd start talking. And then I'd be like, yeah, you can fuck right off. <laughs> and I just <laughs> knock it off and I turn it off and go back downstairs. And 
my wife would like, <laughs> are you finished already? No, I couldn't feel it. What do you mean? Yeah. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't, I didn't feel it was, like, I didn't feel it was good enough. I didn't feel it. I couldn't feel it. And that's all I'd say. I couldn't feel it. And if I can't feel it, yeah, I'm like, that's it. The equipment gets yeah. shut and I'm not doing it. And, <laughs> and she said, well. Headphones out the window. It's what? Throwing the headphones out the window and everything. Oh, well, yeah, I won't go that far. But I'd be just like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not doing it. So for me, yeah, I, I, I'll only do a podcast if I can feel it. If I can feel that yeah. it's, if it's worthwhile. I won't say worthwhile because that sounds like I'm fucking condescending or something. But I have to actually feel it true in my body before I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I mean, I could talk, oh, yeah, yeah, to me, it's all about feeling. And again, that's part of who I am. I won't say my illness. It's part of who I am as a person. Um, I like to be able to feel things. And then the fact is, I won't put them out on, say, a Monday or Wednesday or Friday or Tuesday. Because I like to do them. I like to put them out straight away. And the way I look at it is this. You know... They're dear. It's not like if you don't listen to it today, it's gone. I mean, it's there for as long as it's there <laughs> yes, for it's, Yeah, so I mean, whoever is listening to the podcast, they don't have to listen to it on the day it comes out. I mean, you could pick it up at any stage and go, I listen to this, and then you listen and go, either that was good or that's pure shite. It's not, yeah. it's not going anywhere, you know. So that's why I don't, I don't commit myself. I won't commit myself because... <laughs> I feel pressured then into actually doing it. And then I've lost the whole idea of doing it, which is I enjoy doing it, you know? I yeah, enjoy- definitely. No, you you wouldn't want to lose its magic because it is such a value, valuable. It's so valuable. Like ah. Once you start making yourself like constraints, then you stop enjoying it. It's like when you when parents push the kids into sports and stuff. Mm. from a really young age and they make them go and the kids even though they're really talented they'll just stop like when they get a 12 or whatever and they're like ah enough that's yeah. what happens with your podcast if you keep forcing yourself you just wouldn't you would just lose the love for it wouldn't have the same passion that it does now absolutely yeah I, I as like I think I'll be doing this for life because I love it I love it and I love this this is the most fundamental part of the podcast I love this I love this way more than doing a podcast on my own because it's over and back and you're chatting to someone different and I love I love the fact that our community in a sense we can like I just did there pick up the phone ring someone and chat away about life I love that Uh, to me that's the nuts and bolts of life but no I'll I'll always um I'll always be random with the podcast. Um, it's like the intros. I was asked, why don't you do an intro? I, I, I just can't get it into my head. I, I can't get it into my head to do an intro. If, if, if I rang you and then I asked you, could you hold on there a minute? And then I just started playing music. <laughs> I'd find that <laughs> fucking weird. Um, yeah. So I can't. Like, yeah. To me, the podcast <laughs> is having a chat. And. Yeah. If I was ringing you, Aaron, and going, hi, Aaron, how are you? And you go, how are you, Sean? I said, just hold on one second now. And I started playing music. You'd be like, Jesus, he's a fucking head the ball, isn't he? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I like the podcast to be as close to nature as possible, as in it's a chat. That's all. Yeah, 
that's all it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's two people having a chat. Um, and I wouldn't mind. I love intros to other podcasts. I have a friend of mine, and he has an intro, and I love it. It's really, uh, yeah. you know, it's a good podcast. Um, but, you know, I like this. I like this. But can I ask you then, right, another question. Were you hypersensitive yeah. as a child? Uh, yeah, I would say I was, to be fair. I think that's what kind of, sorry to keep talking about it. No, no. Uh, I would think that is what kind of led us to develop an eating disorder. It's quite a young age. Okay, uh, okay. So, we'll, would, yeah, go on. Uh, just because, yeah, I would put things to heart, really. Things people would say to me and my sister, my sister, like, it would just, it would just bounce off her. Mm. Like, not, you wouldn't. Like, she wouldn't think of anything of it, but I would just be sitting there. I'd be like, what you said that for? Why have you said that? Oh, she not thinking about the same thing as me. Yeah. Have you always thought that? Like, I would just, all of them thoughts would be racing through my head. And how just, old like, were you? Anything, literally... Oh, uh, that probably started happening when I was about 12 or so. 12, okay. Um, yeah, like... Um... Obviously, I'm not going to blame me developing an eating disorder on my stepdad because yeah. a few people in my family have already had it, so odds are I was going to develop one anyway. Hmm. Um, but he would, when him and my mom got together, he would, he would like just ingest a kind of thought, really. I uh, would say, oh, oh, you're chubby, oh, you're fat to me and my sister and stuff. He'd but be, obviously, Master didn't. He'd be saying you were fat. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I know. But it's just weird because my sister never took it to heart, and I am so happy she didn't go through what I went through. Mm. She, I mean, honestly, it makes us so happy that she'll go off to go to university, and she's going to university. Sorry. Um. And she's she hasn't missed any school or anything. She's basically she's phenomenal. And it's just weird to think that, how have you never, ever took any, well, I don't know if she hasn't, you know what I mean, but mm. how did you not take this to heart the way I took it to heart? Like, I would, honestly, I would take anything anybody said, like, oh, you're looking tired today, I'd be like, do I look tired? Should I be tired? Am I tired? Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. things like that, you know. Um, but yeah, always, I've always been really hypersensitive and that's why I've kind of kept myself to myself I don't even have Instagram or anything I rarely use Facebook because I just think I don't know I just feel that it's not too good for my head really yeah well the only yeah, reason I use Facebook is sorry no it is it's true I mean Facebook can absolutely overwhelm any hypersensitive person yeah even when it comes to competition competitions and stuff um um when i go to compete at international competition mm. i kind of i kind of go anywhere near the computer because i just start over over analyzing things okay. um when i did have instagram i would just constantly looking at who i was competing against and stuff like that and anything they would say i'd be like oh shit i'm done for here yeah. um anything but yeah i just if People usually ask us, like, obviously, because I, I don't really talk about having an eating disorder. It's not usually something I, I talk about. Mm. Um, not many people know that I had one. 
but if people ever ask us what diet to go on, I would say definitely go on a social media diet. Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. True, it? Like, it, yeah, yeah, it makes it sad to see yeah. all the youngins, like, like under 10 year old on Facebook and stuff. I'd be like, hey, I would never, I wasn't allowed Facebook when I was 10, and I am so happy because things could have been so much more worse. Um, it's just so scary to see every. You can't even go out for a walk without seeing people taking pictures and stuff. And you're like, shouldn't you be like talking to the people who you're next to? Yeah, that's. So I true. mean, which is really ironic because I'm basically terrified to talk to people well, and stuff. But uh, terrified for the moment. Terrified for the moment. Yeah, you know, for the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all these things are a progression. Progression, you know. Um. Yeah. So, like, but you know, the fundamental thing I say about to, to people as well when I'm talking to them is this: I'm hypersensitive, right? Yeah, that's all. Um, that can't yeah. be contested. It seems to be a correlation that all people with BPD and basically all people who are mentally ill, that far as far as I see, have one thing in common: we're all very hypersensitive, which means yeah. there's nothing wrong with us. We're just different. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I, I remember, I remember as a kid, I took a worm out of the ground and I washed it, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was all dirty. Yeah. And I put the worm on the, on the, on the concrete and he, uh-huh. uh, and he died because it was a really oh, warm day. sorry about that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, wasn't my worm. It was just a worm yeah. that I abducted. And, um. It, you know, it did hurt my feelings, if I'm being honest, as a kid, because I was yeah. always very close to animals and I never wanted animals hurt, and it did hurt me. Um, yeah. Now, I thought about it a lot as a child, and then as an adult, I yeah. didn't think about it. But I did think about it there oh. again, about a month You've or so. You've just reminded us something, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I'll, you keep... Yeah, I did. I, I thought about it again about a month ago. I went... I just say my brain, I know it's me, my brain went, do you remember that fucking worm you killed? <laughs> I went, <laughs> I do remember the worm yeah. I took up as a child, go on, you know, you know, you yeah. little fucker, yeah, you're right, you know the way your brain is always <laughs> trying to hit you with one, you know, hey, oh yeah, you know, yeah. hey, trying to get one yeah, yeah, always trying to get you in the fucking side of the ribs. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I'm more yeah, I'm more aware of it now. But I go, yeah, go on. I do remember the brain I took up, or the the, the worm I took up as a child. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that worm too, and I was thinking, you know, there was nothing wrong with the worm. It's just you took him out of its environment, and that's why he died. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I know. That's exactly what happened. The actual dirt was the perfect environment for the worm, the darkness and the moist soil. Yeah. So I wonder then, do you think that's why people suffer when they're not in their correct environment? And I go, and that's why I love you, you little mad bastard. (laughs) 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 Because you come up with some fucking nuggets of gold too for me, you know. And I I, I know I'm fucking mental in my own way, but at least I admit it. But... <laughs> that's the thing about life. No, that's is, a good one. Yeah. Well, you know, our environment is key. It's it's an it's once the environment is key, and people that are hypersensitive, we require a different environment than 
other people. Yeah. You know? So what what were you thinking? Oh, I was just thinking about um, when you were talking about when you took the worm out of the ground. Mm. I was just thinking when I was younger and my panic attacks did start happening. It was like, do you know when you get all those freaking paranoid paranoid thoughts? Mm. Um, do you know the game Grand Theft Auto? I know. Yeah, would you believe I'm not a big... I know the Grand Theft Auto uh, video game, yeah. All right, that's all right. Um, or Call of Duty, either or. Because me and my sister used to play on the PlayStation mm. when I was younger. And I couldn't go to sleep if I just played on that game. The amount of guilt I would have felt when I, I would, that I felt when I'd shot someone or anything. I would have panic attacks. Oh, it would be ridiculous. I'd be, my brain would be like, I'd be trying to get a super big. You are an awful person. You killed a person. These yeah, people are not real. These yeah, people are on yeah. a game. I'd be like, how can you live with yourself? You should die. You've just killed that person. Like, it was ridiculous. You just completely reminded us of that. Yeah, it's, um, it's mental, isn't it, in its own way? Like, how yeah. much torture the brain will put on you. Oh yeah, it's absolutely pathetic looking back at it now. You're like, what were you doing? Mm, but mm. yeah, uh, at the time it's not too fun. <laughs> no, and I remember as a child as well. I mean, you, you you torture yourself. And I mean, I'm on about like young eight-year-old. I remember, um, I'll tell you a story I've never told anybody in my life, right? Yeah. I was six years of age. And mm-hmm. I've seen a cartoon where the dog got kicked, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Even my throat is catching up here because I have to tell this story. But I've seen a cartoon where a dog was kicked and it tumbled. You know, the way, obviously in a cartoon, it tumbled, right? And I thought yeah. that was amazing. So I got, we had a tiny little Jack Russell at the time. And oh, I lifted no. it up and I kicked it. And it didn't tumble like in the cartoon. Uh-huh. And it, I, this dog was like really, really close to me, and it and it was hurt yeah. and it ran away from me, and then I I chased it and then it, it cowered down, you know because I kicked it. And yeah. Fuck me! I I must have held that in for about twenty years. The really. Guilt of that, yeah, yeah. That's the truth. I mean, I look back now. I was only six years of age. I was a fucking child. I mean. You know, I, I I was trying to emulate, and you see in the cartoon, the dog didn't get hurt. It was just a comedy type of type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was going to be the exact same thing, and the dog was. It was completely. I mean, obviously, the natural reaction of the dog was hurt, and it ran away from me. I've been afraid. Um. So it yeah. didn't. It didn't align up with the cartoon, and the guilt of doing it stayed with me for years. Um, it's so strange how it just manifests in your brain, though. Absolutely, and I mean, so I've strange. I've never once told that story because um, I mean, when I got older, I realised I was a child, and you know, I, I forgave myself as a child. Like, but did it haunt me for twenty years? It fucking did. Yeah. Um, and that's the way our minds are. Yeah. Our minds are, and and now I respect that. In other words. Like, you're going to go down and you're you're going to start with, say, your journey of going into BPD and all that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, on the other side of it, thankfully, at this stage. But one thing I can tell you is, 
my mind is still like that. You know? Yeah. I thought when I got better, my mind would be completely different than when I was going into therapy. And as it turns out, my mind is no different. I still think all the same thoughts. I still get hurt the same way. I still have the same amount of empathy. Um, I'm still a tick prick at times. Um, I'm still kind. I'm still caring. And I'm still a bastard. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's very important yeah. to say that. But one thing I notice is my resilience has changed. I don't dwell on yeah. it for as much. So what would linger in my head for maybe days or weeks before, it doesn't linger that long. Like a very bad thing might linger for an hour and a, and a very and something something that would linger in my head for three or four days would probably linger in my head for about five minutes now. And something that's a massive improvement, though. Yeah, yeah. Like so, thankfully, I still get the hurt. Thankfully, yeah. I still feel the feelings. But I'm so quick now to actually have a chat with my 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 brain, my that other the other version that I'm telling you about. Um, it's still yeah. all me, but we all have the inner dialect. I'm so quick to actually not deny it. You know, I'm very quick now. Before it'd be like fuck them fuckers fucking saying that to me. <laughs> fucking it all to start with fuck because we're Irish and we're speaking the fucking language we weren't given. So, <laughs> so it's fucking fuckers, and and then as you know, you'd start into the cinema, and it's a blockbuster. I'm gonna fucking do this to them, and then I'm gonna <laughs> fucking do this, and and then this will happen, and you're oh, creating yeah. this big massive cinema, and unlike oh, other yeah, films, yeah. yeah, there's no budget, so you can go. No, 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 <clears throat> go on forever. You can go all out. Yeah, it's it's like. It's better than Lord of the Rings or Snack Cider's four-hour film there. <laughs> it's fucking... It goes on for fucking days. Avatar. Yeah, it goes on for days yeah. about what you're going to do to them. <laughs> you know, I, oh, I, and, yeah, yeah. and now, instead of the four-hour blockbuster, I go... Three-part saga. <laughs> well, I just go... I start off... It all starts with fuck them, you know. And I know, yeah. I know when it starts with fuck them, that's my cue to be the adult. And it's like, yeah, fuck them, fucking hurting my feelings, and then it, and then the dialogue starts. So now it's like they did, they hurt your feelings, didn't they? Fucking did, fuck's sake, gonna fucking do them. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> gonna fucking kill them, right? Okay, let's put that one on the table. It's all as killing. <laughs> it's all as killing people for me anyway, because I grew up in a very violent background. So it's it's you know par for the course. Yeah. So. Gonna fucking kill them. Right, okay. Let's put the killing on the table for the moment, right? So we're definitely going to kill them. Right, okay. And because I'm putting it yeah, because I'm putting it on the table and I know what I'm doing at this stage, you know, my mind yeah. isn't gonna fight me. The minute I say you can't kill them, I'm fucked. My mind will take over, right? And I have to make sure my mind Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have to make sure my head doesn't take over. So yeah, we're gonna fucking kill them. So I say, right, let's put that on the table. So killing them is on the table. And then it's, I go, well, do you think killing them is a good idea? I mean, you did only get hurt. Yeah, I think it's a fucking <laughs> good idea because it fucking really hurt me. Right, okay. Would you think, should we do anything else? No, I want to fucking kill them. Right. You do realise 
killing them is kind of the end game. What yeah. Do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I'll end up in prison and, and that's not really where I want to be in life, you know. <laughs> I do like staying inside, but not permanently. Um, kind of like... <laughs> kind of make a podcast in prison. Yeah, kind of like to have the choice of being outside if I want to go. So, do we still want to kill them? Right, we're not going to kill them, but they're fucking idiots, aren't they? Yeah, they are idiots. <laughs> What's going on? I oh, was hurt. Good. Right. Well, why don't you tell them you're hurt? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so then I go to the person and go, listen, um, what you just said hurt me. You know, I'm a hypersensitive person and I felt very hurt by what you just said. And that's it. You know? So I avoided killing people again for another day, which is fantastic. And I that get is on, very handy. And I get Good on my, skill to have. Unreal, yeah. The amount now the amount of people I've killed in my lifetime would be in the thousands. I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> um but <clears throat> I'm the worst serial killer on the fucking planet. Um <laughs> But now instead of my mind I know, yeah, instead of my mind raveling on for days, I actually allow my mind be. You know, and I don't even yeah. years ago, I used to question my mind. Jesus Christ, you always want to kill people. You know, it's not like anything else. Right. And now I just go, yeah. I've, I've an overactive fucking mind. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah. I've an overactive. If you're hypersensitive, generally you have an overactive mind. And anyway, right. The same thought, the same part of the brain that wants to kill them. Is the same mm-hmm. part of the brain that brings on the shame afterwards. Oh, you should be ashamed yeah. of yourself. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself wanting to kill people. But sure, the fucking part of my brain that's logical wouldn't think like that. So obviously that's still you. What? Yeah, that's still you. You're yeah. the same one wanting me to kill them as the same one then that brings out the shame. It's the same part of the brain. And when I figured that out... I fucking meant, I'm not listening to you anymore. Sure, you're the one coming out going, <laughs> kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. You fuck off behind the stage, and then you come out with a shame card. <laughs> shame on you, shame on you. You're the same fucking part of my brain. And when I figured that part out with my brain, now I have a laugh with my brain. I take it no way serious. If my brain comes out now and goes, I want to fucking kill them, I go... Why stop with them? Why not kill the whole country? <laughs> you know, we could take a, yeah. we could take oh, a few yeah. weeks off and go around the country killing people. <laughs> you know, this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's great. You know. Uh. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a very fucking in-depth way of how I look at my head now. I, 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 I know I'm hypersensitive. I know I'm always going to be hurt by little things and big things. But I don't listen to my brain with a sense of that it's actually telling me the truth anymore. Yeah. Because you just play the game when it's playing with you. Absolutely. If my you keep brain, it. Yeah, my brain, you know, um, it's like, look, it's like, I'll give you an example with yourself. Oh, you know, you're going to be fucking fucked now when you go talking to people. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I don't I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm gonna learn sign language and just sign in front of them. 
They're going to think oh, you're... Oh, great. Yeah, but why not? Have a laugh. They're going to think you're a complete yeah, weirdo. definitely. I hope so. I am a fucking weirdo. Perfect. So every, <laughs> every anxious thought that you get, right? Now, this yep. is something I say to everyone, and I love this, because I do it every day, and it's a bit of crack. Um, not the American version of crack, the Irish version, which is translated... <laughs> uh, so crack in Irish means fun. <laughs> Crack in America I'll means something different. Um, Mess. Yeah. So I have a bit of crack with my brain. So whatever my brain says to me now, I go with it instead of going against them. Yeah. Because I realized anxiety is this. It's actually, anxiety for me now is my brain coming on stage and going, hey, what do you think of this idea? I'm not on the stage. It's an interaction between me and the pantomime, right? So... Before, when I actually believed it, I went, oh, good God, I'm a fucking monster. There's something wrong with me. I'm a monster, right? And I was convinced I was a fucking monster. Until one day I went, um, you didn't kill anybody. You've never killed anybody. You know, you're not up to town fighting. Yeah. So I was there, where's all this monster coming from? Yeah, well, like, you do think them horrible thoughts, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I kind of put that more on to you, you know, you're the one throwing the, I'm not waking up every day going, so today I'd like to kill 50 people, Um, you know, keep my schedule, <laughs> keep my schedule clear for them 50, and then tomorrow, you know, I says, I'm not waking up going, how many people can I kill today? You're fucking them thoughts into my head, <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> so now when I go with my brain, the fucking laugh I have is unreal. No matter what my brain tells me, I go with it. You know, and I, I, I'll give you a bit of dialogue, which say from your perspective, if I, if I can, right? It's like, I have to go outside yeah. now. I have to go outside and I have to talk to people. Well, and I'm going to feel anxious. Yeah, well, then I'm just going to walk around like a chicken. What? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, but then you're going to look like a weirdo. I am a weirdo. At least when I'm walking around <laughs> like a fucking chicken... They're going to know I'm a weirdo too. Nobody's going to talk to you. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Because I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> Haven't you figured it out yet? <laughs> you know. And the more yeah. your brain comes up with something, make it as ridiculous as you can possibly make it. Because it is a pantomime. And yeah. the beauty of pantomime, I was at a pantomime, we bring our kids to a pantomime once a year, right? And what I mm-hmm. notice is this, the kids believe it. The adults don't. Those were the days, weren't they? You know, and I noticed with with my mind, I believed the pantomime. I actually believed the pantomime of the ridiculousness of my mind going, oh, nobody likes you. And I'd be like, fucking hell. And I'd get really hard thinking nobody does like me. And now my mind goes, nobody likes you. Oh, thank God. Because I don't fucking like them either. You do like them. Sure, you like this, this, or this person? I do too, don't I? Yeah, you do. And I've completely tricked my mind into my way of thinking. And how do I like them? Well, I mean, you do this, 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 and this. Which is, I do. I must like them so, must I? Yeah. Well, thank God they don't like me. Because at least I like them. I wonder do they like you. I don't think so. Sure, how would they? Sure, I'm a fucking lunatic. <laughs> you know? So no matter what my yeah. mind, no matter what my mind says to me, and my mind never stops. I mean, there's a little 
I don't know if it's a tip for everybody, but it's a tip, like, as in, my mind has never stopped. It always comes to me, like I said earlier, with the trying to hit you into the side of the ribs. I just go with it. Yeah. You know? You're 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 shit at this. You're a shit parent. Yeah, I try my best to be a shit parent. What? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be a good, I don't want to be a good parent. I don't want to be. What do you mean? Well, why would I want to be a good parent? I do like why would I? I hope to be a shit parent. You can't do that. Oh, well, fuck it. No, and then my brain my brain backs off. <laughs> like it's it, funny. It doesn't work you know, psychology. It, yeah, yeah, it packs yeah. off. It goes, well, you, well, you could try this. Oh, sure, we'll try that. So, and then I try this. What my brain? My brain actually comes to me with a fucking <laughs> answer of being a positive parent. When I go, no, I don't want to be a good. What well, you can't? What? 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 It's like a bully in school. The minute you stand up to them, they fuck off. You know? Yeah. So I mean, that's really good. What I what I would suggest, and these are all as just fucking suggestions, is go with your brain. Yeah. If it's if it's giving you an anxious thought. Go with it, because in my experience, the re- the reason the brain comes up with an anxious thought, and this is what I was going back to earlier on, is this. It's the bacteria in your gut that are worried about something, and they send up a message. Yeah. And then you misread that message, and you can't relate to it. Just like you couldn't relate to it earlier on. I'm just getting panic attacks. Nothing has changed. When really what has changed is we have went into a lockdown. You've had the security of being isolated, like myself, you're probably introverted. And now the fact yep. that you have to go back out amongst people. And that's the message that your brain is trying to go, hey, you know, you have to go back out now to uh, your friends. <clears throat> and that's actually the message your brain is trying to go to you. Then it's up to you to turn around and go, yeah, I know. And this is what I'm going to do. And this, and then, and this is what I'm going to do as well. I mean, look, I'll give you an example, right? How I got, how I got, how how I got over my anxiety is this: at all given stages, I'm in full control, right? So I have legs; I can walk away. So the what I would say to you is this: go out with your friends, right? And actually turn around and say to them, do you know something? I've been locked up that long. I'm really anxious to be out around you, which is ridiculous because you're my friends. But I'm just really anxious about yeah. it. And when you actually name it, that's it. And I like one of the things I did when I was giving up drinking, one of the things I did was this. I went in and said to me, mates, look, I'm giving up drinking, so don't ask me to drink. You know, ever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They never have, right? No, I'm oh. I'm eleven years off the drink, like That's to be honest. Good friends, huh? Yeah, no, I've great friends in fairness. And I said it to them, look, I'm ne- I'm off the drink, so never ask me to have a drink. And then another thing is this if I get anxious, I I'm just gonna leave. And when I say I'm leaving, yeah. don't ask me to stay. Okay? So Yeah. I will go into the pub and I'd have a we'll say a drink or whatever, non-alcoholic drink, and my brain would fucking start its four-hour show, as I call it. And um, I used to say, right, I'm going to leave in five minutes. And five minutes later, I'd just go, look, lads, I'm going to head off. I'll chat you later. And they'd say, see you later. They, because I had them told 
not to ask me to steer. They yeah. never asked me to steer, right? <clears throat> Which gave me all the control, and I left. And then the next week, I went out, had me drinks. Again, All I've never drank since, so when I say I'm having my drinks, I never actually drank since. Yeah. My brain went, oh, I'm anxious. I got grand. Last week, you stayed five minutes. This week, I want you to stay ten minutes. Can you do that? And my brain would be like, okay. So then I'd stay for the ten minutes, and I would leave. And I'd get up and go, lads, I'm going to head off. They knew I was anxious, and I'd leave. I built that up over time to being able to go to a four-day festival with no drink. That's really impressive. And all I did was, I explained to my friends, look, I have severe anxiety. If I need to leave, just leave me alone. Let me leave. Um, yeah. And don't ever ask me to have a drink. Just two things I asked my friends to do. And this was in February. And by July, I was able to go to a four-day festival without drinking. And I had the best time ever in my whole life at that festival because... I can remember it all. I was so confident at that stage. That was February, March, April, May, June, July, five months. In five months, I completely changed one aspect of my whole life. I can go out now. That's amazing. Well done. Yeah, well, look, I can go out now and I can talk to people all day long. And I still have that option to leave if I'm anxious. I still have it. It's not like I have to stay Because when you realise you're in complete control, it's up to you. But when you explain it to your friends, they're your friends. If they don't fucking, if they can't understand that you have anxious thoughts, are they your friends? Yeah. You know? So, a huge part of overcoming my illness was the, the honesty. That's why I'm able to say I'm a nice person, I'm a bastard, I'm kind, I'm a prick. I can say these with absolute honesty without going, you just called yourself a prick and a bastard. I can be at times. At t- it's minimum, right? Yeah. But I can be. Just like every other person on the planet. <laughs> so Definitely. It's just, <laughs> I'm fucking saying it. You seem to have um, social anxiety which I had years ago, unless I was drinking. And the, yeah. the the way to overcome social anxiety is literally going headfirst into it, is to actually become more social. Yeah. Is But at the option of actually moving, you can become more social because you have the option of removing yourself in stages. In other words, you're setting the five minutes. And even the following week, if you go, I don't think I'd last 10 minutes, just go seven minutes. So long as the number yeah. is increasing, if the number's increasing, you're building a tolerance. You yeah, know? it's a good idea. Yeah. It sounds like a really good idea. <clears throat> and the one thing I'd say to you as well is, if you can get, the reason I go on about more and more fiber is this, right? Yeah. Your anxiety comes from your stomach. It doesn't come from your head. Mm-hmm. In your stomach is your gut bacteria. Yep. Right. If they're all fed, they can perform at their best. If you don't eat, yeah. um, I, I'm i not going to say I understand powerlifting, right? 
if, if you don't eat carbs before you lift, I'm going to make the assumption that you would not be able to lift as well as you did if you didn't eat carbs. That is correct. Right. <laughs> so the fact then that you eat carbs, that sugar goes into your body, that sugar can be released into your muscles and you can then lift a heavier weight or perform for longer is because you fueled your muscles with sugar. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Because I don't, yep. I don't yeah. fully, I don't fully know. I, I don't pretend. To, um, you know, I wouldn't no, pretend I to fucking know. Um, right. Everything. If you feed your bacteria, yeah, it can equally say be said then that they can then perform at their best. Yeah, and they all it's have. A, it makes perfect sense what yeah, you say. They have functions to do in your body, like there's. There's roughly about a thousand species of bacteria in someone's gut. And they all have a job to do. But here's the thing about gut bacteria. The the bacteria that eat potatoes don't eat broccoli. Yeah. So if you feed yourself broccoli, the ones that eat potatoes, they're not going to be fed. And that's why I say to try and eat 21 different plants, because you're guaranteeing everyone's being fed. Yeah. And when everyone's Every, being fed... Everyone's getting something off the buffet. Exactly. And when everyone's being fed, they can all perform at their maximum then, which means yeah. you're going to have a huge advantage over your anxiety. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, well, look... What I'll do so is um, I'll leave it at that. And at this stage, Erin uh, and myself had finished the phone call. So I'm just going to do a pre-recording at the end just to end the podcast. And I just want to thank her very much for coming on. And it just goes to show like with people that, you know, Erin didn't think her story was actually fundamental. And I found it to be one of the most fundamental stories I've heard because I have children and, you know, basically you're listening to a story about a young girl who was hypersensitive she created a binge eating disorder. I, I binge eat. And um, out of that binge eating disorder, she um, ended up uh, going through the system, the mental health system. And then eventually now she has um, the psychiatrist believe that she could have a possible BPD. And everybody's story is fundamental in my belief. And, you know, when I was chatting to Erin earlier on, she didn't want to be known and I'm going to respect that. And she didn't think her story was going to be fundamental in any way at all. And yet it was one of the most fundamental stories I've heard so far. And this is why I want to get people onto the podcast, because it's not about me. You know, I could give a fuck about the podcast, as in the podcast. It's about talking to people and getting people of our kind to talk to each other. And I do say our kind because we are different. It's fundamental we are different. We're not the same. And I think that's fundamental. So I just want to thank Aaron again for coming on. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast.